Yeah, that's not too bad. What kind of beer did you get, Alan? I got a lot of different kinds of beer, but mm-hmm. I'm going to start with the Bud Light here. Nice. That's what I'm starting with. I got some fancier stuff, too, but I don't know if I'm going to drink it. I got some uh, Refuge Brewery Blood Orange Wit. Oh, nice. That sounds pretty good. It's pretty tasty. Hmm. So did you put in your own Blood Orange, or is it just flavored already? It's already, <laughs> already says Blood Orange on the label. Oh. It's pretty so it's flavored. Not like a, it's nah. not like a blue orange, but you have to put in an orange. <laughs> exactly. It's already flavored with orange, but you put blood <laughs> it did not necessitate an entire orange on the side. Some of those beers have orange flavoring. I think mm-hmm. that uh, Shock Top and maybe Blue Moon or Wits, I guess they have like orange zest, orange peels and stuff in them. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they put the orange on the side there, you know, yeah. additional orange. So, but that's, that's pretty- I didn't add orange to this one. Oh. Yeah. When you're at your house drinking, it's kind of a pain in the ass to try to like maintain citrus to put in your beer. As opposed to when you just go to a bar, they just do it for you. So that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's yeah. true. Yeah, I used that hack that uh, you told me about once, Smalls. With oh, the, uh, the real was one? it Corona that you <laughs> yeah. put the lime juice? You get just a bottle of lime juice. Yeah, yeah. that works. That works just as good, I think. I think it works better because you don't have rotten limes. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, <laughs> it does actually work better. Yeah, I mean, so I think about what? this: if you purchase a lime from a store. And you cut it into six for the six different beers. You have to. Mm-hmm. You're pretty much obligated to drink those six beers. You know, if it's just you, then you know. What if you only drink four beers? Then you just wasted two wedges. Where if you have the real lime, you can keep it in there for you know forever, basically. It's true. It does yeah. allow for more flexibility. I remember once a girl sense. at the checkout line gave me the weird eye when I was buying the real lime and the Corona. And she asked if I was going to put the real lime in the Corona, skeptically. And I said, "Yeah, of course." She didn't. She didn't think it was a good idea, but what does she know? <laughs> well, not everybody's as smart as us. That's true. <laughs> I think we can all, at least us three, agree on that. Yeah, yeah. That's why she was suspicious. She yeah. Didn't know what you were going to pull over. She probably thought I was a time traveler. I had come <laughs> up with a, <laughs> the world's next greatest idea. So that's probably why she was. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, hey, uh, did I tell both you guys I got um, this buddy Pete who wanted to possibly be on the podcast? Mm. He's going to call in? Well, he wanted to be like him and his uh, bandmate. Wanted to, wanted us to interview them as a band, kind of. Oh. I don't know if he wanted us to or if... Uh, well, here's what happened. It was like Friday, mm-hmm. and he calls me into his office, which is ridiculous. <laughs> He's like, hey, come, come on over here if you got a few minutes. I go over there as if it's going to be like a... <laughs> something he's like he's like what do you think about this being our band manager and i was like all right could be kind of like uh the concords or something because both of those guys work at the same company we could like totally meet in a cubicle and be like all right meeting (laughs) oh jeez oh man that'd be awesome yeah it would be oh delon you would be the murray of this band that would be awesome I mean, could it get better than being that guy? That guy's so fun. That guy is awesome. Uh, Central Park in Newark. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Central, exactly. Central Park. Carry these maps and wear these reflectors. <laughs> I'm not wearing those. Oh, would you rather be murdered? <laughs> and then later he's wearing them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that show's got a lot of those subtle little 
awesome yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my favorite one was the uh the bike helmet with the hair on it oh jeez oh, the they're, hair, talking, yeah. Yeah. The they're talking it. about that like two episodes before like there was a reason he couldn't make a show on a tuesday because he <laughs> yeah. was gonna he needed help making his <laughs> helmet with the hair on it well and then he just comes in one day wearing it <laughs> well it was like the first i think it was one of the first episodes because jermaine was Brett dating was sally helmet, yeah. yeah jermaine was dating sally who was brett's ex and Jermaine wanted to have uh, Sally over one night, and that was the night that he was supposed to make the helmet hair, yeah. and, or he that hair helmet. Good, yeah. And he had like a, he's like, it's on the calendar, and then you yeah. pointed at the wall, and there was like a, there was a drawing of it on there. <laughs> and all the other days were empty, yeah. All the other days were empty except for that one, yeah. Yeah. It's helmet hair day. Oh, man. Yeah, well, so I could be the real life Murray in this situation because these guys are uh, both coworkers in there. I guess you, neither of you guys have met either one of them, but they're really good guys, cool guys. They'd be fun to have on the show. That's interesting, man. So, would you be if they were on the show? Would you be their manager, or would you be the interviewer? Oh, that's a good question. Which role would you play? I guess I usually don't talk to the managers on radio shows. I would uh, probably just right. be on. Oh, yeah, man. you should just be the one of the interviewers then. Yeah, although it could get a little uh, tangled with three of us asking questions, mm-hmm. two two of them answering. That might be a little weird. Oh, it could be probably unlistenable. It might be, and I don't know what we'll talk to them about. They've yeah. got uh, I don't know. You guys can check them out on Facebook. They're called Massimo. That's their band name. Mass. Is that like so, the people or something? Is it what? That's, that's what I asked the first time. Is that like Target's name brand uh, clothing? But it, no, it's it's not. Oh. Hmm. What, what's their genre? What's their genre? What kind of music do they play? Well, it's uh, it's all different stuff. Mm. Experimental rock. Yeah, mm. but you could almost go. I, I would say that's probably true. Are they Cincinnati's hardest rocking band? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. They have any mottos like that. They're pretty well, loud, dude. As a uh, oh, there you go. Well, dude, as band manager, these are the kind of things you need to spearhead. You need to pitch them the idea of calling themselves Cincinnati's loudest band. Every band needs a slogan, like Carlsbad's hardest rocking band. Exactly. No one else had claimed it. We never got anyone that pushed up against it and said, no, we're the hardest rocking band in Carlsbad. There so was never keep, a battle of the it. bands in Carlsbad to determine the hardest rocking band ever. <laughs> Although it was really hard for us to find people that wanted to play with us anyway. So, mm, Yeah. Well, no. Well, it kind of depends. We did that one show at Fenway's and I went and I made the oh. poster um, yeah, where it okay. was like a spaceman and Jesse cool. side by yeah. side and it was battle for the village yeah, and that was cool. um, the Fenway's people got all upset and they said Why? you can't call it the battle of the village because we don't want to elicit violence mm. those Fenway's people are lamos. <laughs> no wonder their bar failed oh man that's just a bad location there it's not a great location <clears throat> not for a bar like that it's perfectly fine for the Olive Garden and and uh, whatever else, soup, soup plantation. Soup plantation, and those yeah. They're all over there, and they're all fine. But an actual bar, no. No one's gonna, no one's gonna go all the way out there.
What's that band that we used to uh, follow around for a little bit? The Lizardfish. Lizardfish. That's right. <laughs> Can we say that? <clears throat> Local. Yeah, they're friendly. Well, we're promoting well, them because we're saying we're, remember, we're saying good things about them. Our first gig was almost with Lizardfish at uh, P's and Q's, but like someone was out of town, possibly me, <laughs> couldn't do it. <laughs> Is that what happened? Do you remember? Yeah. No. Well, we had to cancel that. that gig. Okay. Well, because we were talking to the one guy on Lizardfish up like all the time. Every time we saw him out, we would talk to him. I don't know why. They were a cover band and they were all 20 years older than us. But we were talking to him. Well, we always reached out to them. Like they would play at Hennessy's yeah. like every Wednesday or every one Wednesday a month. Yeah. We would talk to them. We'd say, oh, we should yeah. do a show together. They, they seem nice enough. Oh, yeah. And they said, yes, look, we're doing a show at P's and Q's. Do you guys want to open for us? And we oh, said, yeah. yes. But then we had to back out because we weren't all there. Yeah. <laughs> we, couldn't, we couldn't actually make it. Well, I mean, it seemed like we had a lot of gigs that were that way. Well, well I mean, <laughs> yeah, not gigs, but... A lot of like, gigs that didn't materialize, yeah. Yeah, we had a lot of opportunities where it seemed like, okay, we could, yeah, three of us could make it, but then the fourth one couldn't. Well, that was the rock apocalypse. We had to play that without Stecky, unfortunately. Well, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it that was one we put together. That was a that was a Neo Toledo production right there. Well, yeah, yeah, it was. That was actually really cool. Neo Toledo Promotions was what yeah. uh, we well, we sold. Uh, I can't KL uh, local <laughs> local bar owner and uh, music rag writer KL. <laughs> um, we sold him on the whole idea, and he bit. I don't know why. We were just morons, basically assembled this show and made ourselves headliners even though we were the worst band of the three yeah by far <laughs> but we figured it might have been our only chance to headline so we had to take it's a good it. idea i guess you yeah. should have done more of that yeah i mean when you have no reputation the sky's the limit like we could have been True. like completely amazing we hadn't been exposed yet yeah yeah and then once they found out that maybe we weren't the greatest band that they could maybe he we weren't headlining material he... yeah he did yeah. let us he... back even though he kind of like laughed at us, kind of like, uh, I don't know who to pair you guys with. Kind of like, first of all, you got a weird sound. Second of all, you aren't any good. But he did invite us back. Yeah, he did. He did. And, and we played like three or four more times there. Well, oh, played, and then it's cool. And then we played uh, as the startups. We did. Which actually went great. That was a really good show. It we, was actually a really good show. I mean, we played all the songs fairly well, except for one. Yep. There was only one song where it was like off the rails, and it's Which not song online. Was that? Oh, we, uh, we, okay. just we were playing two different I, songs. Oh, I was playing I one song. Oh, and you just cut it short. I remember that. Okay. Yeah, we just cut it short because yep, it was like a big that. mess. In the Rockpocalypse, we did the same thing where there was like yep. a song where I just kind of had a breakdown. I forgot the lyrics yep. or something. And yeah, then, we, then just we just like yeah. kind of like stopped playing. <laughs> That's right. Um, but that, that startup show was really good. And I, yeah. I thought that that band, I thought that we had it pretty dialed in at the time because uh, I think so, too. The, the thing that was is we had gotten to a point where we had practiced together enough, uh, you, me, and Chuck, that we played the best we had ever played together. Mm -hmm. And so we had you doing like solos and stuff like that on the bass with like mm -hmm. the fuzz box going on. And, you know, I had basically written the songs in a way where I knew that I could play them. I wasn't going beyond my abilities and the singer was really good. Yeah. And the drums were there. It was I, cool. We had a kind of a good, like, stripped down surf sound, too. I was just. Yeah. You had, you had the kind of distorted guitar going, and Chuck was just playing upbeat. And yeah, 
Singer was great. Everything was everything was pretty dialed in for us. Amazingly yeah. so. Considering That's when you guys were the upstarts. Neil Toledo Start? was. Yeah, the startups. Yeah. Startups. Neil, Neil Toledo was total just how anything long? goes and craziness. And this was actually like listenable. Like, so how long was the did the startups stick around? Uh until the singer and Holwick could we had parted to ways to each other. Yeah. <laughs> there was a different singer? Yeah, we had oh, a female okay. singer. That's one of the reasons why it was so listenable. Yeah. Well, we had picked our strengths, mm-hmm. and one of the strengths was the singer, and the yes. other strength was that we had the songs focused. Yeah, Neo Toledo was kind of a grab yeah. bag of songs that yeah. didn't really go together necessarily. Um, and then and that we were, were like over like the course of like five years, just randomly. Yeah. And these songs were stuff. like you guys sat down to, where we all sat down to write and play like an album over the course of two months or something. Yeah, exactly. And we so went, they all sounded cohesive, yeah. Yeah, and we practiced. We started, I decided more than anybody else that I didn't want to do Neo Toledo shows after March. We didn't have any gigs from like November till <laughs> March. I was, you know, really kind of stewing over that time because I really wanted to do the recording. I wanted to get the recordings done and then I wanted to you know, kind of have like a, a release show at the soda bar, the guy that was supposed to be recording <clears throat> us, uh, that never materialized. And so I was just like, well, I'm, I'm done with this. This isn't going anywhere. The and soda so, bar show was awesome though. Yeah, it was, it was a really but good I, show I, for the first side project though. It makes sense to do the anti Neo Toledo, you know? So, and that's what the startups was. It was not Neo Toledo at all because why would you do like a watered down version of Neo Toledo as your another, as your next band or whatever, as your side, side project. Do something different. That's what we did. So it was cool. You know, it worked out really good. We we started practicing in March, and then we basically practiced that whole summer. You know, at least once, at least once a week. And yeah, then we're getting a lot of practice. Then what ended up happening was we had, we started getting offered gigs, and we started to we did that gig at the Royal Dive, mm-hmm. and then we did after that. I felt like we had a bunch lined up. Like we were supposed to do one uh, Squid Joe's Hensley's, I guess mm-hmm. it's called. Then we we're supposed to do one at the beauty bar. Oh, we did. We did one at, at Hensley's, or no, we didn't. You're right. We did one at um Boris, Boris Crossing. We did that gig. That was good too. Yeah, we did a gig there. Uh, we were supposed to do one at the beauty bar. We were supposed to do one that was like a breast cancer one, and then we we're supposed the to do bar. one. The beauty bar is like, it was like a hair salon uh, during the day, <laughs> and then yeah. it was a rock and roll oh, place. Man, in so it's I a pretty good San Diego spot. Yeah, really, I haven't heard yeah. anything. We don't have anything like that here. <laughs> but it was it was supposedly like the place where you played if you were one of the cool San Diego bands. That was mm-hmm. like one of the spots. Yeah, yeah. You know? Weird, was. man. So, so weird. So having that was kind of like one of those things where it's like, yeah, you know, we're going to play at this place. It's like a hip spot. Yeah, you know? we were getting but, way better offers. Yeah. Than, than, as opposed to like vlogging Dream Street, you know, <laughs> like as Neo Toledo. Yeah, we had one gig at... Like one of the last ones was uh, like just before we broke up was yeah. two days after we broke up, three days after we broke up, we were supposed to have a gig at uh, Dream Street. And I remember like being embarrassed to like call up and say, oh, yeah, our band, uh, our band broke up, you know, <laughs> because we had played with we had played at Dream Street like 15 yeah. times by yeah. by that time you know over the three years prior. Yeah. Yeah. And I had to like call the guy up and be like, oh, yeah, we're not going to show up. And I always, uh, yeah. I always felt like a little awkward about it, where I didn't want to be the, the band. 
Yeah, well, I didn't want to be the band that canceled the, that the same day or the day yeah. before or something like that. But yeah, I mean, the problem was was there was all these uh, theater performances. Like she was performing in the theater, and all the shows were in October um, on weekends. And so we were like, well, why don't you just skip your performance? You know, we have these things scheduled, and she's like, I'm not gonna skip these performances. And mm. well, I mean. Tension, tension arose and, you know, what happened happened, but, but I kind of feel like at that point, things kind of hit like a dark spot as far as music goes in in my life. Cause I just, Mm -hmm. we felt, I felt like we had gotten those songs to a place where we really liked them. We were really good at playing them. And then it was like, well, now we can't play them because we don't have the singer anymore. I should have had tryouts. Got a Mm. new singer. It probably wouldn't have. Probably well. I guess I guess in retrospect, that's not that bad of an idea. But hmm. yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think that that's I like that idea. I like the idea of having tryouts. Typically, you have to be good in order for people to want to be in your band mm-hmm. or have a reputation. You know, like uh, not always, man. Not on Craigslist. I think you, yeah, you're really talking to all. The whole spectrum. Of oh, people. that's how we found Chuck for Nancy Toledo. I mean, yeah, See, we didn't have to go. be good for him. He was like, he was, he was sold on the concept alone, <laughs> <laughs> which basically meant he was in the band. Dude, that's crazy. I didn't know that. That's how you guys know Chuck was through Craigslist. That it was, it was, and <laughs> for it was a drummer hilarious. looking for a drummer. Yeah, and it was a brutally honest Craigslist ad. It was like, listen, this is our band, and we kind of told it like it was. <laughs> We're cool. not good. We like. Make our, and all of our songs are about space or robots. It's like it was like a completely honest sell of the band. And Chuck emailed like the next day, <laughs> saying, "I want to be in this band." And we're like, "Okay, dude, do you have your own drums?" Yes, you can be in the band. <laughs> well, see, should have tried it with the singer then. Maybe Might have found somebody. Well, we had done it before too, which was strange. So, the guy who was our drummer prior to Chuck. I had met him through one of my jobs. Yeah. And he, it seemed like he was a really good fit for he us. He was a but, good fit. Yeah. But he lived in San Diego and it was really hard for us to, to match our schedules together. Yep. Yeah. Um, if we yeah. had yeah. all lived in the same place and we practiced, it would have been great. I mean, he wasn't the greatest drummer, but. Nope. But we, he was a good drummer for Neo Toledo for he sure. He was a good drummer for us. He had a really good ear, you know, mm-hmm. so. Like, uh, yeah, he could be For really reason, critical, uh, and like, like, I sank up with him great too. I was like, I don't know why. Maybe we were just both the same level of bad or whatever. But I felt like him and I were always on the in same the pocket. Yeah, in the in the pile whatever. Yeah, it was awesome. And I he was hang back really cool. He and, was like the coolest and just guy. Groove. It was great. Yeah. Like I felt really bad when we stopped playing with him, but he, yeah. we hadn't heard from him in like months. He had his text messaging shut off or something like that. So. You couldn't text him. You had to like give him an actual phone call. And I think that I had kind of reached the point in my life where I was not going to call anybody anymore since texting was invented or something, you know? So we kind of like drifted away. And I remember like emailing him saying, um, yeah, we're going to go with this other guy to play drums. And he was like, I think that he was really hurt by it. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that. And I, I kind of, we kind of like didn't talk to each other. And then I emailed him back, I think this year, like a couple months ago. And I was like, oh, you know, I'm sorry that uh, if things were awkward or if I, sometimes I'm not very good at emailing people stuff. 
you know sometimes <laughs> i could be a, sometimes you know you know how it is like with the internet yeah, I know. where you could not where you forget that you need to have a filter where you just start typing stuff like people do on facebook all the time and yeah. it's possible that i you know had been offensive but i don't know if i was or not <laughs> i'd say it's more than possible how did he, what did he say though Oh, when I emailed him back, he never responded. Mm-hmm. So I mean, what did you what did he say when he reached out to him recently? Oh, yeah, he never, never responded okay. recently. Oh. Oh. Yeah, maybe he changed his email. Yeah, but he. I mean, I I actually did feel he bad was, because yeah. I actually want I I really liked him as a person, and I really like doing music with him. But it's like if you're not available, yeah. like what are we supposed to do? It was like months earlier, months before the first time we met Chuck. That's kind of what I'm getting at. Months earlier, we were wanting to uh, find somebody that could at least replace him on days when he couldn't show up, you know? So we would do a show, and I remember uh, Jesse, he, like, filled in a couple of shows. You remember he filled in one? Yep. Filled in at O'Connell's, and then he filled in at... Yeah, he filled in at Royal Dive, Dive. Yeah, and we were like, well, what do we do if Jesse can't fill in for us? You know, or or more likely, Jesse stops wanting to film. Yeah, whatever you know, and so that's when I initially put out an ad, like looking for somebody to fill in, you know, for gigs, you know, here or there, you know, want to practice. And Chuck was the only person that time that it even mess that it even emailed us, and it was like a year prior. And oh, yeah, it was a year prior to he this. He emailed about just filling in. I didn't realize that. And then he emailed again when we're looking for a replacement. A year later, yeah. Chuck was is destined to to be the news leader drummer. Apparently, I was going to say though, uh, the original drummer. Um, there's still like a lot of the songs still have his influence on there. Like especially like Copernicus and stuff. Like you can still like we didn't change what he what he was drumming. We kind of told Chuck what he did. And Chuck kind of made it his own, but you can definitely hear the original drummer's influence on a lot of the early songs. We had made it in a way that um, when we first started, I mean, Secchi was there a little bit, Bobby was there a little bit, and you and me, we were there like all the time. When we were first getting together, putting the songs together, only me and you were on the same page most of the time. And then we would have their input sometimes at different times. Like sometimes we'd have, you know, Bobby's influence and sometimes we would have Stecky's influence. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes when we would get together, we would have a little bit of both. And I, I remember sessions at the black box. We were trying to cater to, uh, to Bobby, you know, so we were like, okay, well, we'll practice here, you know, so that we could get these practices in because Stecky had changed his phone number or something like that. It tell us the number. And so we were, we had like rocked up the songs a little bit, like, like yeah we, they're faster yeah yeah more punk yeah we were just like well we don't have the keyboard so we don't have that uh keytar element to them that's you know kind of kooky and strange so let's just punk them up and then yeah. i remember once once we got back with stecky once stecky showed up he's like i don't really like these punk songs because i don't really know where yeah. i fit into them you know yeah. it's like well you know let's switch them back but yeah yeah, Bobby. They were better for having switched them back. We do what we had to do at the time. I mean, yeah, there was no other way. You can't have an ambient kind of meandering, spacey, weird song without a keyboard. <laughs> at least not very well. Yeah, exactly. That I think that at the time when I was making the music, I was trying to make it very ethereal. You know, like really, really strange, ambient 
background because if you have that then you can make a, a song pretty simple around that you know like i always kind of wanted to have like this sort of brian eno um like environment where it's just like uh pad keyboards and you know just strange sounds and then a plucking of, of the e string on the guitar once a measure little bass thing and some some tinking on the uh on the on the cymbals like that's a song you know mm. you you add some lyrics on the top of that and that's the song but you can't do you can't have one strum on the bass and then one strum on the uh <laughs> guitar a measure and then a drummer going ting 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 if you don't have this wow 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 like spacing noise in the background like that was always kind of a frustrating thing for me especially in the beginning because i was like no we want to have just just add in these strings in the back or add Mm -hmm. in this uh ethereal space sound and then we don't have to do as much heavy lifting you know yeah but it was it was (laughs) it was really hard to kind of get them to just be like to just say okay just play these four chords you know in an ethereal way Mm. and we'll just screw around and i could do spoken word over it or something like that and that's a song you know yeah yeah no i agree i guess the takeaway is that it it's really hard to be a shitty band 